Pastor Kenny mentioned, I'm retiring from the senior pastorate. I'm not retiring from the pastorate or the ministry of Emmanuel Baptist Bible Church. I'll be working underneath him, okay? Just like he has worked for many, many years underneath me. But uh, I've always counted it a privilege, a special privilege to be able to be called your pastor. With that, I'm going to read you some children's letters to pastors. Dear Pastor, please say in your sermon that Peter Peterson has been a good boy all week. I am Peter Peterson. Sincerely, Pete. <laughs> Dear Pastor, my father should be a minister. Every week he gives us a sermon about something. Robert. Dear Pastor, I'm sorry I can't leave more money in the plate, but my father didn't give me a raise in my allowance. Could you have a sermon about a raise in my allowance? <laughs> Love, Patty. Dear Pastor, please say a prayer for, your little league for our little league team. We need God's help or a new pitcher. Thank you, Alexander. Dear Pastor, please pray for all the airline pilots. I'm flying to California tomorrow. Lori, dear Pastor, I liked your sermon where you said that good health was more important than money, but I still want to raise in my allowance. Sincerely, Eleanor. Dear Pastor, I liked your sermon Sunday, especially when it was finished. Ralph. <laughs> yeah, according to both, and that's Sammy, yeah. Okay. Amen. I'll make my prayer and we'll go into the message. Father, just ask for a French unction from on high. Take control of my mind, my mouth, the actions of my hands and feet. I pray, Father, that your Holy Spirit can have his will and his way in every part of this service. Lord, that your Holy Spirit will work in hearts. If there's someone here that doesn't truly know that if they were to die today, that heaven would be their home, we pray today could be the day of salvation for them. We pray, Father, that your Spirit would work in each of our hearts, and when we leave this place, we'd be able to say it has been good to be in the house of the Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, no one's forced me to make the choice to retire from the senior pastorate. It should be a natural progression. And tomorrow we're going to have an annual church business meeting. This one will be one of the most important meetings the church has ever had. We'll not just be voting on the budget and the normal slate of officers, but on the leadership and direction that this church takes, hopefully, till the rapture comes. Amen? I have watched other churches through the years not plan for the transition from pastor to pastor. Those congregations suffered greatly, and some have even closed their doors. A man who came here to talk to us when we were praying 
and looking and seeking God's will about building, and this is the building that came out of that, that man, I had him come preach. I had a bunch of pastors come preach who had just gone through building programs. And that pastor had a larger congregation than this. They built a building bigger than this with balconies and the whole, everything with that, with a fellowship hall underneath. He got, because of health reasons, in a situation where he needed to retire. So they made a, they had a pulpit committee and they tried to call the man and they called somebody in. Uh, that church is closed today. That's not just one situation or circumstance. You know, I can give you many others where the transition, because there was no planning taking place, where there was no readiness for the people to support, where there wasn't a pastor who knew the heart of the church, there wasn't a pastor who was ready to continue. Because, you know, one thing we don't like in our life is change. And many times when a man comes from the outside, he comes in, he makes major changes. I've seen missionaries hurt through that through the years. Dropped just because they weren't from the right school or the right camp. The only camp I want is one in the woods. Amen? I'm not a camp follower. Okay? They lose sight of what the, the church was supposed to be. Why? Why? The church, the church family, pastor included, seem to forget what a church is. Or more accurately, who the church is. Through injury, age, <laughs> or neglect, my body many times doesn't want to work smoothly. Can any of you say amen? amen. You got to get more young people in the church, Pastor Kenny. <laughs> Do you realize Doctors used to believe that the appendix and the tonsils were unnecessary appendages held over from evolutionary change. I talked with a doctor who is now passed. I don't believe he ever accepted Christ as a Savior. He was my doctor from when I was a little kid up through as an adult. And he went through school, medical school in the 50s. They thought all vitamins and minerals and stuff were just placebos. See, they don't understand. They don't understand how the true, how the working of the body is. Okay? They don't understand. They didn't understand. They've learned since then, at least the medical profession, most of them understand, that both the appendix and the tonsils are part of your immune system. Okay? To help fight illness, sickness, infection in the body. See, every part of our bodies has a purpose. Okay? I have two knees. One is artificial. The other one will be. Okay? It's just a matter of timing this year for that to take place. The one that hasn't been replaced 
many times still works better than the one that has been. And I got quite a few years out of both of them, okay? But you know what I can't get? I can't get the same number of years out of the replacement one as I got out of the original one. Because that's man's endeavor to take care of the body differently than what God intended. That's just the truth. Now, I'm willing to have it done, keep me going a little bit longer. But what you, you know, realize, every part of our body has a purpose. You don't believe me? Stub your little toe. Break your little toe. You ever done that? The next thing you know, because you're walking funny, your ankle hurts. Because your ankle hurts, you know, it's like that song, you know, the foot bone's connected to the knee bone, and you go on through that. Your knee starts hurting, so you start limping, you're walking funny, the next thing you know, your back is hurting. And your low back hurts. How many of you ever had low back pain? Raise your hand. <laughs> I'm nervous when we have young people raise their hands. Okay. Your low back, I learned from my chiropractor's father, who I led to the Lord, and he did a study on it and showed it and used it to help teach other chiropractors, that do you know that there's a mirror image of what goes on in your spine from the top to the bottom? So that if you have a lumbar problem on the right-hand side of your low spine, you'll start having problems on the left-hand side of the upper neck. See? And he showed it over and over and over again with the adjustments and the studies that he had. I want you to think about that. You ever have your, your head bothering you, next thing you know, the neck tightens up and you can't turn your head? Well, you know why? It's because the body's not functioning the way it should. Right? And all from a little toe. You know, the same is true about the church. About the body in Christ in general, but about the church, when I say that, each church individually. What God gives birth to and churches are born because they're living organisms made up of many different members in what God builds is one body fitly joined fitly joined open your Bibles back again to Ephesians chapter 4 sake of time, I won't read all 16 verses again and then talk about the points, but it starts off in the Apostle Paul, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is telling the church at Ephesus, he says, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation where, wherewith ye are called. We are to what? Walk worthy. With all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love. That's a big, big, big 
verse. Forbearing one another in love. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. That's lowliness, meekness, long-suffering. I want you to know, when that can't take place, someone is a little out of joint. Someone struggling in something. And it says there, because of that, if you look, for there is one body and one spirit, even as you're called to one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. I look at that. You know, we're to keep the unity of the spirit. That's one body. I counted them. Okay. Through verse 6. One body, one spirit, one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God. Seven of them. Talking about a unity of many parts. Right? You know why people struggle with the God of the Bible? Because they can't understand a triune God. There's one Lord. Okay? He may be three distinct personages, the Father, the Word, and the Spirit, but 1 John 5, 7, if you got the right Bible, tells you, and these three are one. One. So we're told to endeavor to keep the unity of the Spirit. Isn't that interesting? We're to keep it with lowliness, meekness, and long-suffering. You know when I get in trouble? I get in trouble when I make it about me. That's what it is. If words come out of my mouth that shouldn't come out, it's because I've been offended in something. And I feel wounded or injured or not thought of properly. Isn't that what happens? It happens in a marriage. It happens in families. It happens in churches. It says, with lowliness, meekness, and long-suffering. <laughs> you people had to put up with me for a long time. I took over in the fall of 1993. I was supposed to take over in the fall or the, the beginning of 1991. Pastor Christian had encouraged that. He wanted the church. He was looking towards this. He says, I'm retiring I'm going to spend half the year in Florida, and you need to vote Brian in as your pastor. Loved that man. But then God allowed something in my life to help me to learn. And that was a major car accident. And I had to learn patience for full recovery of my body I had to learn that it's not about me now thank God the man that I'm encouraging you to vote for tomorrow doesn't have to go through that same learning experience 
He's had it beaten into him by me for years. Okay? See where the text goes? It tells us we're to be with lowliness and meekness and long-suffering, forbearing one another in love. If you can't do that, you can't have a marriage. If you can't do that, you can't have a church. We've never had a major church split. Have we had people leave? Yes. Does it hurt the pastor when they do? Yes. Because if you look at verses 7, okay, through about uh, 16, you're going to see what God is trying to do. It says, you know, now I said there's one body, one spirit, one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, above all, and through all, and in you all. See, it's talking about a corporate, multiple parts being one. And then in verse 7, then it goes to individuals. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Every individual has a gift God has given them. It's always, the issue is, are they willing to put that into use? Wherefore, he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Now see, then he goes and tells you what those gifts are. You ready? Now he that ascended, what was it but he that descended first in the lower parts of the earth? He has descended is also the same that ascended up far above all heavens and he might fill all things. And then it says what? He's talking about gifts unto men. And he gave some apostles. There are no longer apostles. Some prophets. There are no longer prophets in the Old Testament type. There are evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body in Christ. The pastor is a gift of God to the body of Christ. To this church body. It's a gift. Do you see it that way? You say, why do you say that? Because you need to understand, he's given work of the ministry, edifying the building up of the body of Christ, till we all come in what? Unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, a mature man, complete, a perfect man, unto the measure and stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine, but by the slight of men and by the cunning craftiness whereby they lie and wait to deceive, but speaking the truth in what? May grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the what? Whole body, what? Fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, that's each and every one, according to the effectual working in the measure of the, every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. See, that's the body being 
built. The body being built. And he says, one of the gifts I'm going to use for that, for the, this church body, is the pastor. I've seen churches ruined because they were born or board run churches. I've seen churches ruined because they were pastor dictators. In both cases, the people on the board made it about themselves. In the case of a pastor dictator, you know what he did? He made it about himself. And to justify himself, he'll blow the thing up. Or he won't let go. See, the body's being built. Do you understand that? If you're a part of Emmanuel, we are not a cult. Okay. I have been called a cult leader because it's the King James cult over there in Martinville. I'm not a cult leader. You know what a pastor is for a church? Not only is he supposed to be the head of the church, just like the husband is supposed to be the head of the wife, the home. Okay. I see marriages in trouble because the husbands don't know how to be godly heads. Right? That's all it comes down to. I always start at the top. Sometimes I had men come to my office. I had the counsel. There's been a problem. And he said, why aren't you talking to my wife? And I says, I've got to deal with you first. Because you always deal with responsibility. Coming down. Do you know that no army, if it does not have chain of command in unity of purpose, ends up victorious overall? That's just the way that works. Okay. But you know what it is? The church, the, in the church, in the church body, we are Bible-believing Baptists. I don't apologize for that. Bible is the sole authority of all matters of faith and practice. Autonomy of the local church. That means no other church or governing board tells this church what to do. It's decided among the members under the leadership of its pastor. Priesthood of the believer. We believe that everyone who is saved has a responsibility to minister Christ to the lost. You're commanded to witness. That's not a gift. Soul winning is not a gift. It's a command. Priesthood of the believer. Two ordinances. Believers' baptism after salvation. Right? And what's the second one? The Lord's table, where we examine ourselves on a periodic basis to, to help us, if we haven't been doing it on a daily basis, which we're supposed to, to check ourselves in the Lord. The two ordinances, that's what Christ gave to the church. That's what he told them to do. Okay? The eye of Baptist is individual soul liberty. You get saved for you. I got saved out of a church that said that I could, if I lit enough candles, paid enough money, and prayed enough prayers, that I could get somebody else out of a place that the Bible doesn't say exists. Can't do that. I believe, I believe Luke 16. Great golf fix, man. Okay? 
So individual soul liberty. At the judgment seat of Christ, every one of us is going to answer for the things we've done in the body, individually. Okay? But you know what you won't answer for? You won't answer for being the husband of Judith Legault and the father of, I'll answer for that. You won't answer for being the pastor of Emmanuel Baptist Bible Church. God will not examine you at the judgment seat of Christ, and that is for believers. There is a judgment for the lost. It's called the great white throne judgment, and that's a much nastier judgment. And only those who don't know Christ come to that. But in the judgment seat of Christ, guess what? Fathers, you answer for how you lead your home. Husbands, how you lead your wife. Wife, how you work together and follow your husband. Children, how you obey your parents. In a church, you'll answer for yourself as an individual. I answer for all of you. That's why it needs to be a gift. That's why I'm trying to make sure that the transition taking place is one that will continue in the same manner. The body's being built. That's what we're here for. You don't come to church for me. I know you love me, don't you? I'm waiting for this seven-day cleanse to end because I've, someone who loves me sent fudge to my house. I'm not throwing that out. I'll wait until it's done, okay? Uh, no. Okay, how many of you people, this is outside the, there's a bunch of us in this church doing a seven-day cleanse, all right? A bunch of us. Some of them are agonizing more than others because they're addicted to caffeine. I'm not agonizing with that. Okay, I'm not hurting as much right now because I'm addicted to sugar. But I'll start giving up more sugar after I've eaten that fudge. I mean, that's just the way that works, all right? Not part of the message, just part of what I'm talking about. But I want you to know, on subject, do you realize that not only is the pastor the head of the church, he's the heart of the church? As the pastor goes, generally, that's the way the church goes. Mike Viscom is one of the missionaries out of your church, uh, out of our church, okay? Gospel Text Missions. He goes to churches and he sees different things that take place. The pastor, I don't know about that. Maybe you will have. But he's the head of the church and because he's the, he's the chairman of the board, okay? But he's not the owner of the company. There's one head, and that's who? Jesus Christ.
So we see that. And I want you to understand that that's one body, fitly joined together. Turn to Ephesians chapter 2. Say, how does this work? How can you walk worthy? Ephesians chapter 2. You ready? I won't read the whole chapter and then go back through the verses. We will read the verses as we go along. And it says here, And you hath he quickened, that means to be made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince and power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. That's every person who doesn't know Christ. Among whom also we all had our conversation, our manner of life, our conversation in times past, in the lusts of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. You know what you used to be? You used to be of the world. If you're here this morning and you're saved, you're no longer of the world. You're a citizen of a far better country. You used to be outside the body of Christ. You used to be dead in your sins. And if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you're not sure if you were to die today that heaven would be your home, you are not in the body of Christ. You're outside the body of Christ. You are spiritually dead in your sins. And you need to be given new life. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. If you're here today and you don't know, I don't care how young you are or how old you are, if you have not trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, turning from your way to him and his way, then you're lost. You're undone. You're without hope. See, in the body of Christ has one hope, Jesus. In this world, you're also a slave to your sin. A slave to your sin. Among whom we all had our conversation in time past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and the mind. And we're by nature children of wrath, even as others. The next word that we see I believe is Howard Bacon's favorite word, but. But. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace are ye saved, and hath raised us up together and made us to sit together in heavenly places. Okay? Heavenly places. That in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward the, us through Christ Jesus. For by grace, and grace is unmerited favor. You can't earn it. You don't go to heaven because you're better than someone else. It's because Jesus gave you his righteousness. For by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourself. See, it's not you, it's him. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. A new creature. Isn't that kind of neat? Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. 
Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are, present tense, become, ongoing, are become new. A new creature in Christ. Because God loves differently than we do outside of Christ. When we love God's way inside of Christ, there's unity. When we love the old way, it becomes about me. A slave to your sin, but God. You're a new creature in Christ. Now, isn't that, isn't that great? Hmm? Don't you like that? A new creature in Christ. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Not saved by good works, but that's what should come out of a person who's saved. Which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Wherefore, remember. You know what he's saying? Don't forget what you were before. You know, one of the reasons I don't like some of what AA does is because they have the person stand up there. I don't care if it's Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous, Sexaholics Anonymous, whatever anonymous you want. They stand up and they give their first name and then say, I am an alcoholic. Not in Christ. You don't have to be that. It's how, who you identify with and who do you place the most importance on. Okay? Which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Wherefore remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands. That's comparing Jews to Gentiles. That in the time past ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers from the covenants of promise, having in no hope and without God in this world. Outside of Jesus Christ, you're without God and no hope in this world. But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were afar off are made what? Nigh by the blood of Christ. For he, not me, he is our peace who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us. And have abolished in his flesh the enmity. That's a bitter hatred. Even the law of commandments contained in the ordinances. For to make in himself of twain one new man. That he might reconcile both unto God in what? One body. Jews and Gentiles who come to Christ become the church having slain the enmity thereby, and came and preached peace to you which were afar off and to them which were nigh. For through him, through who? It's he, not me. Through Jesus Christ, we both have access by one spirit to the Father. Isn't that beautiful? One new man making peace, one spirit. Wow. I wonder what the world would think if they saw that completely in a church that witnessed to them and had them come. You know what people really want? They want a place to feel love and belong. They want to belong. Look at verse 19. 
See, we have a, you know, one body. We have a new life. And the new man is supposed to make peace. Access to the Father through one spirit. For the spirit beareth our infirmities. Right? He brings forth groanings that cannot be uttered. And it comes to the throne of Christ as presented before the Father and the Son and Jesus says this is this. He's our mediator. Man, don't you love that? That's God's will for me. That's God's will for you. That's God's will for us. For us. Now look at this, verse 19. Now therefore, see, because of this, we have access to, by one spirit unto the Father, because we are now of one body. Now therefore, we are no more what? Strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens of the saints and of the what? Household of God. I had someone tell me that a church was a family business. No. It's a household. Okay? The household of God. And are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. The wise man built his house upon the... And when the winds came and the storm blew and the rains fell... The house stood firm. The chief cornerstone in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth into a holy temple in the Lord in whom ye also are builded together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. Wow. A household. Well, I don't feel like I'm in a church family. Well, how many families are as close as they should be? And how does a family that has an issue become close? With all meekness, humbleness, lowliness of mind, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit. I watch houses come apart. Families fall. I've seen churches, church families come apart. Now it's hard because you know what you have to do to be able to have that take place? You have to get yourself out of the way. And each of us struggle with that at some point, don't we? We struggle with getting ourselves out of the way. When I failed Emmanuel Baptist Bible Church, it's because I got in the way. When I did it right, Christ had preeminence. It says a household fitly framed, every piece important. Build it together. It's a holy temple, a habitation of God. Coming to church and being a part of Emmanuel is not the same as going to a movie theater to be entertained. Do you know what the mega churches in America have become? 
Do you understand what I'm saying to you? Together for inhabitation of God through the Spirit. One body, fitly framed. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. You still with me? You making sense? Very easy. You want to go to heaven? Trust Jesus Christ. You want to go to hell? Any other way will do. You want to belong? Jesus says, come unto me, all ye that labor and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. You can belong. I've watched different times where pastors got upset because they didn't believe their church appreciated them. I've never had that problem here. I've never felt unappreciated. I've watched marriages have problems because one member of the marriage, the other felt unappreciated. But instead of saying something so that there can be unity, it got withheld until it became such a big thing in their old nature, because you have both of them if you're saved, that it causes it to come apart. The key to a good relationship is communication. We tell all the time, you know, you're supposed to keep your accounts short with God. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And we ought to keep our accounts, accounts short with one another. And when we don't, problems arise. And when we don't listen, when someone is willing to talk about that hurt or injury, schism comes. You see breakups in families, marriages, homes, church families. It's not a business. It's a living organism made of many parts. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. This is how the body functions. Starting at verse 12. The one word you're going to see over and over again this morning in many of the passages is the word one. And you know what the word one means? It means one. See, you didn't know your pastor was that smart. <laughs> you still don't. For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body being what? Are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body. It's a spiritual baptism to put you into the body of Christ. It is not water baptism. Whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. If the foot, sh for the body is not one member, but many. And if the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, because I am not, of, not the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? Isn't that amazing? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where is the smelling? But now God has set members of 
every one of them in the body as it hath pleased him. How many of you have suffered a loss of something through COVID in a bodily function? Breaks my heart. I, used to, I, I love spoiling my kids, getting them on sugar. My grandkids, not my kids. I, if your little ones are in here, I consider them mine. I'm sorry. Okay? But my grandkids. And I want, I want them to enjoy sweets. One of the things that Derek lost through COVID was the taste of liking chocolate. Would you like a candy bar? I don't like chocolate, Papa. Why? Because it tastes, and I won't tell you how he said it tastes. Since COVID hit, since he got COVID. You know, it says it can affect your smell, it can affect your taste, it can affect your hearing, it can affect your memory, it can affect, you know what it is? It's an outside infection trying to attack the body. And it was man-made. And that's the way it is with most infections. Even within a church body. And if they were all one body, one, one member, where were the body? But now are they many members, yet one body, verse 20. And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more, those members of the body which seem to be more feeble, when somebody's feeble, it takes more care, doesn't it? Are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor. And our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. For if our comely parts have no need, but God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to the part which lacked, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same, what? Care one for another. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now ye are the body of Christ, but members, what? In particular, one body, separate but together, all needed. All needed. Isn't that amazing? And God had set some in the church, first apostles and secondarily prophets and thirdly teachers, and after that miracles, then gifts of healings and of helps, governments and diversity of tongues, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles, have all the gifts of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret, but covet earnestly the what? And, I, and yet show I unto you a more. You know how the body is to function? It's supposed to function in love. Love. Husbands, love your wives as Christ so loved the church and gave himself for it. He might present it. A glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing. So ought husbands to love their wives as they love their own bodies. See, it functions properly when the love is the motivator of its functioning. You say, why do you say that? Because he said, I'm going to show you a more excellent way. And what does he go into? 
though I speak with the tongues of men and angels and have not charity, that's God's love. I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all, all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body be burned and have not charity, it profiteth me. This is after he told us how the body is to function. Separate but together, all needed, and it's one. It's supposed to function in love. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor and give my body to be burned and have that charity, it profiteth me nothing. Charity suffereth long and is. This week, have you said any unkind words? Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself with all lowliness and meekness and humbleness of mind. Is not puffed up. Doth not behave itself unseemly Seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil. Do you know that's one of the things God had to beat out of me? Not easily provoked. Since I was a little kid, my temper was such that, you know, my father said, if you don't get a handle on that temper, you're going to kill somebody and you're going to go to jail. I was always bigger or stronger than the people I dealt with. I found out later I was smarter than them too. You just don't agree with me on that, do you? Not easily provoked, thinketh no evil. Rejoices not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the. Beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Charity never faileth. That's how the body functions. Tomorrow night, there's going to be a vote taken. It'll be by ballot. You don't sign your name to it. As your pastor for many, many, many years, I encourage you to support and to follow the one we're voting on as much and more than you have supported and followed me. And we, the only way it'll happen is if it's done in love and it's done through meekness and lowliness of heart, forbearing one another, forgiving one another, even as Christ forgave us. Please stand. This morning, are you in the body? Are you saved? If a child is old enough to know that they're a sinner, they're old enough to get saved. The sooner you help them understand that, the sooner they'll get saved. If you're here this morning and you're trusting in your good works, you're trusting in any other thing but Jesus Christ, I invite you to come. We'll have someone show you from the Word of God how you can be saved this morning and become part of the body of Christ. Believers, do we have divisions? 
What should we do with them? Believer, do you feel like you don't fit? I'm here to tell you, yes, you do. So many times in a body, whether it be a home or a church family, one part of that starts feeling like I don't belong. And I'm here to say to you that Christ puts you in and that's where you belong. And if you're listening to other spirits, they're to destroy you not to protect you. Don't believe the intruding thoughts. If they aren't of charity and of love and of forgiveness and acceptance, then they're not of God. And that, I'm not downplaying the need of righteousness or holiness in a person's life because my God and my Savior have that in perfect balance. Don't believe the devil's lies. Restore what you can restore. Be honest if you're offended. Lastly, are you doing your part? You're doing your part? God places you, I don't. And the last thing I want to say is love your motivation. For God so loved me, and so God, God so loved you. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to preach your word, and we pray you use the message to speak to our hearts. Lord, help us, Father, to continue to go forward until we hear the sound of the trumpet, the voice of the archangel, till we hear the words, come up hither, till we hear the words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Help us, Father, to strive to enter into the joy of the Lord, because the kingdom of God is not meat, it's not drink, but it's righteousness, holiness, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Work in our hearts to that end, and help us to be one body, fitly joined, we pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen.